0: Hey, folks, and welcome to the last Twig episode of the year. Uh, We hoped we kept our show relevant, insightful, and entertaining, and thank you all for tuning in this year. Um, And honestly, there's been a lot of you listening to us. We almost doubled our monthly listeners to a point where nearly 10,000 of you tune in to the podcast every week and 8,000 of you get the uh, the newsletter weekly. So um, overall, it's crazy to think that you guys listen more to us than than our kids and our family and um, our spouses. So uh, or maybe that's not that crazy. (laughs) But anyway, thank you so much for for tuning in to Deconstructor of Fun podcast. Uh, We also definitely heard the feedback and invested into the audio quality of the podcast, which funny enough got trashed in this last episode due to a technical malfunction and the fact that uh, Mr. Kress was exercised from his um, man cave and had to record with a different audio device. Anyway, uh, I also want to thank our sponsors this year. our & Source, our Ride or Die, an unrivaled one-stop solution to scale your business, our longtime partner, Flyer, the best-in-the-business mobile attribution platform allowing publishers like you to make data-driven decisions. Uh, Exola, a company that offers amazing payment, distribution, marketing, and funding tools. Beta Hat, market re- research extraordinaires, Beamable offering simple to use live ops tools for Unity developers around the world. And of course, the unrivaled giant Facebook gaming. Um, in the end, uh, I want to say just the uh, please keep those DMs flowing. Uh, we really love to hear from you because we appreciate you guys and we love you guys. So happy holidays. Catch you all next year. welcome everybody to twig 163 and this is the end of the year special the whole crew is here uh, we are <laughs> I'm, I'm a little bit afraid of, of what this episode is gonna come come into because there's a there's a lot of shade being thrown um, at, at a different companies which is not the goal so let's be constructive in our criticism and in our end of the year review um, and yes, uh I'm I'm back from Dubai, not from Israel. So I think Eric Krest, you put on some fake news out there because I had a, several people from Israel reaching to me on on Slack asking me for for a beer and like if I'm still in the city. Uh I don't think, but, I,
1: don't think I said anything on that. Yeah,
0: you said you said Eric Suford said, I'm in an undisclosed location. You said, Black I'm site. in Israel. <laughs> yeah, in Israel making deals. So I wasn't in Israel making deals. And fun fact you can't even go to Israel unless you're an Israeli citizen at the moment because it's on a such a strict lockdown. And I am not a citizen. Uh, but it was my third time in Dubai. Fantastic location. Some travel time with the family. If you haven't been in Dubai, amazing place. It's super safe, super clean. Perfect weather, very advanced, very ambitious, very expensive. Um, we'll be definitely going back, and uh, I hear that uh, that the um, what's the Abu Dhabi, uh, hundred kilometers from Dubai, like they are investing heavily into games business and so forth. So if you want to fly in Twig Crew to do, to do a little on-site magic, we'll we'll definitely come to Abu Dhabi. We're we will we will down. We're down. Emirates can fly us there, and uh, and we'll we'll support the local community, whatever is happening. But uh, but yes, holla at us. Uh, how's everybody else doing?
2: Great. Yeah, I'm all right. Just, I just got boosted yesterday, so I'm feeling the boosted impact. Um, is this your Fifth uh, shot. No, it's my third. <laughs> i won't have you know (laughs) um but now things are going kind of nuts here which is not great because we've got baby number two coming up in january so that's kind of been most of my mindset hoping that hospitalizations stay down
3: i got uh i got i got boosted on monday and the guy in front of me in line was just coughing his lungs up i was like dude you need a lot you're it's too late for you brother (laughs) man you need to be locked up Lock yourself in your closet, man. What's the booster gonna do? You got COVID. You got long COVID, probably. <laughs> this, this whole
0: like uh, that—that's actually yeah. That's that's shitty. And I remember because when we were flying, our our daughter was coughing like so. Hard. I mean, she's a kid. She's like five, and kids have all of this. Is. But uh, but the stewardess, she was um. They were looking at her. She, they were like, uh, "Is this normal?" And kind of like asking questions. And my wife was just like fucking losing, cause she's like, "Stop coughing, or we'll be booted <laughs> from the plane."
2: Smoke. <laughs> um, cough. No, this is normal. Whatever. She smokes yeah, all the time. Yeah, she fine. was coughing really
0: hard, really, really hard. But um, but yeah. Uh, luckily, we got to uh, we got to fly. So shout out to Finnair great airline for not kicking us out because of. had <laughs> that cough like crazy she for sure coughed like she had a, she had five covids <laughs> uh but yeah and and uh we got Eric Cress here he just came back online he's been booted from his man cave uh, residing in <laughs> with, with the uh, with hear- the other residents can <laughs> you all
3: hear me yeah we can yeah. hear you
2: we'll
1: right. yeah. make this
3: work. We'll Chris, I heard your your man cave got converted to a Pilates studio. What happened, dude?
1: <laughs> it's arts and crafts, you know. My wife I do an arts and crafts station down there, right? The the uh, my hell on earth, right? So I have to uh, <laughs> abide by the rules of the house. This is what I hate about the holidays: is that everything gets taken over by bullshit, right? So now my my routine gets destroyed. Um, but anyway, yes, that's what's happening.
0: Hmm. Mm, well, you'll, you'll get back to your super seller. Um, all right. <laughs> so so a uh, couple of updates before we get into the, uh, the, the end of year special reviewing every news and so forth. Uh, shout out to George Baumgartner from WUGO. Uh, uh, Georg. Uh,
2: Georg. <laughs> Georg. Not what? George. Georg. Georg. Okay. Shout yeah. out
0: to <laughs> Georg Baumgartner. Is he German?
2: Oh, yeah, very German. okay. Very so German. at
0: least we have one German listener left on this podcast. <laughs> and um he made uh, he makes this like yearly twig bingo. Uh, it's it's really <laughs> like if you're into this stuff, well, thing, it's really fun. I'll uh, we'll put in a link, but it has basically all the uh, all the all the words used in this in this podcast segment, like gazillion dollars, mice not, Ponzi scheme, just stop fundamentally, content Forged. anyway. Uh, fun, fun, fun. Uh, fun bingo. If you want to do that, uh, the GDC Vegas have been. I don't know if you guys have been DM'd about this, but I have been, and people are like seriously discussing how good of an idea this is. Thank you. <laughs> the GDC Thank you. Should be in Vegas. So, uh, Eric Sufert is taking this initiative, and we'll start the petition by the end of the year. I promise. Well, <laughs> it sounds like.
3: Here? It sounds like we might be doing GDC GDC Abu Dhabi or GDC Dubai. Oh my god, GDC Abu Dhabi would be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: There's a there's going to be a little bit of less probably um alcohol there and um, <laughs> a little bit less gambling <laughs> by less I mean none, but uh but it's going to be a a drier event, uh, but more fun. That's it's fine. GDC- you want it?
3: GDG sf forever dude no man no Plus, give me a break
1: these deals like for years and years and years you know so it's not changing anytime soon so i'm sorry to throw salt on your
3: all right well, then we'll do the gdg game developer gathering <laughs> in <laughs> abu dhabi 2022 listen Moscone center
0: looks like a shed compared to <laughs> compared to what they have in abu dhabi like, they, yeah, they <laughs> built a carbon neutral city just just for the fuck of it in Abu Dhabi, like somewhere there. They got the Yas Island. They got everything going. Like they have a they'll, Ferrari Center. Yeah, they'll build us their
3: own island in the shape yeah. of a G. <laughs> Game <laughs> Island. All right, oh, right. Game, Game Island. island. Oh.
0: <laughs> and um and some updates. So so um there was this interesting Supercell news that came in actually a couple of weeks ago, and you guys didn't cover it much because Eric Crest doesn't want to talk about Supercell. Uh but I do. And um one of the interesting point of that was so so the so the uh, the announcement was that they are building a new studio in the us that we're focused on deep gameplay experiences for pc and console and there's a bunch of stuff that they're not really clear on where it will be and how it will be run and they're basically looking for the founding team but interesting part is uh, ryan Weiner, uh, who is their Supercell's marketing lead for a long time marketing lead essentially meaning cmo he's heading this endeavor so it's a it's an interesting thing because um um, because who will be the marketing lead once Ryan takes over, um, you know, the, other uh, studio in, in, um, in the U S and will the marketing change or the marketing strategy change now that essentially they have a new CMO coming in, uh, supercell has also announced a new not announced. They have, um, they have a new COO. It's not being announced. So everybody can go on LinkedIn and check who that person is. Uh, but it seems like there's a lot of changes going on in the organization, and I think these changes um, are very interesting and kind of pushing the company to, to. if it had any holes, it would probably, you know, the, the fact that the live services wasn't maybe as strong as it could be, uh, their performance marketing wasn't, you know, the focus of their marketing effort. It's, it was a little bit more focused on brand marketing. So there's a lot of changes that indicate that they they are, um you know kind of filling up the, the holes that they might have in their game so it'll be very interesting to see how the uh how the company involves and what kind of games they will be making uh in the future uh any comments on on, on that element
3: uh and so i mean it, you know they've, they've gone through a couple evolutions of, of marketing approaches it feels like this next one um is is just most aligned with like the evolution of the company and where it's going right i mean they had these exciting brands that kind of you know, blew up, um, partly as a result of just first mover advantage being one of the, you know, biggest hit, hit games on mobile right out of the gate. Um, and, and kind of drafting on that momentum for a long time. And at some point, at some point you got to pay the piper, right? At some point you got to build out, you know, a UA machinery to kind of, uh, systematically, uh, grow your titles and, and, and the sort of brand effect, um, isn't gonna have the same power anymore. So I, I mean, it, it feels like it makes sense. Maybe it's a couple of years too late or whatever. But, um, I, I, you know, I always kind of default to believing that you know, Supercell does the right thing, right? They're a very smart team, very skilled executors. So uh, seems it's, if they're doing it, it's probably the right move, and it 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 makes sense, uh, and, and it kind of leans into the market environment.
1: Yeah, and and uh, now that I'm, uh, my New Year's resolution is to be more positive. I'm going to focus on the positive always. <laughs> the fact that they haven't really grown in value over the last five years is kind of indicative of the fact that they've declined. Positive, <laughs> positive, positive, positive. positive. Wait, positive. Sorry, sorry, positive. <laughs> I said positive. Um, right, the positive thing is that, like, despite the valuation is a little bit ridiculous, uh, <laughs> you know, it's given their performance over the last five years. Oh wait, that's not positive either. All right, now what's positive? is that they are in the driver's seat right now, right? Now that UA is freaking impossible, right? Scaling new games is going to be more and more challenging going forward. They have a a huge brands that deliver downloads, you know, of insane levels, right? And so they are in the driver's seat in this new world order that Apple has bestowed upon us uh, against our will. Um, So maybe, hopefully they can take advantage of that and leverage their IPs and their brands and their skills and, and create games that the market wants and and come up with a great strategy on how to get it to the customer, right? So I think in some ways, they are in, in the best position out there um, uh, for for uh, growth in this new world order. So we'll see if they can execute. I'm gonna say something positive.
0: They have they didn't decline this year. So I think they declined four previous years or since they're flat this year. <laughs> uh, but but this year, with the uh, with Clash Royale growing revenues by some forty percent, I think, and and Heyday, I mean, smaller title, but even that was up by thirty something uh, percent. Um, that overall will take them back to the growth path, even though it's, I believe, single digit, depending on what kind of a um, events they will run in December. But still, uh, they're back on the growth path versus declining. So that's yeah. a
1: positive thing. Yeah. All right. Moving on. <laughs> All right, moving on. All right, NFT update. The czar of Zynga. (laughs) I said I wasn't going to talk about this again, but of course, news comes out, right? So they finally have a plan. After what, 45 days, 50 days on the job, he comes up with a plan. They are now partnering with Forte and enabling blockchain gaming within Zynga. Now, of course, I have to keep my thoughts to myself here. I'm a little bit conflicted. On this point, I'm um, not sure that this is going to stop me pointing out the uh, hypocrisy and the ridiculousness of zynga generally speaking. But, um, you know, we still need to see what kind of games they're going to make. But I think actually partnering with Fourteen makes a lot of sense, right? And this is a bit hard for me, right? Because I am conflicted in some ways. But on the one hand, I kind of applaud this decision because. It's good to hire a team that actually has experience with blockchain to help navigate these choppy waters, particularly as a publicly traded company, which is it's going to be riddled with issues and conflicts and legal and all kinds of other stuff. And if I was in a position that I knew as little about NFTs as I think he does, um, I would do the same thing. That's exactly what I would do, right? Hire someone that knows what they're doing. And in all honesty, the reason I'm actually working for Forte is because I don't know Jack italy about blockchain and i want to learn right so that's what you do you hire experts or in my case you join an experts to learn as much as you possibly can so the thing is that they still need to put together a team to make a game right you know the uh I, as far as i understand it the, the guys at forte aren't going to put together a team and build games for them maybe they could, could find a team for them to build a game with their ip i don't know but anyway um so that's on the, on, the, on the positive side for me. I think this is actually a really smart move for someone from, with 10 years of experience at Coca-Cola. Um, on the other hand, there is, seems to be a missed opportunity here, right? To really kind of own an NFT project from ground up. And this is the problem with hiring someone like a Coca-Cola guy is that, you know, he, if you had someone that knows free to play and, and knows game design, and has a passion for NFTs, I think the smart, the really like, you know, baller move would be to create a team internally to go after this opportunity full, full hog. Right. And, and I think Eric has some choice. The smart Eric has some choice words on this particular point, but, but that would be the baller move. Right. And instead they're, they're taking a a more conservative approach, which in some ways this is why I'm torn because I think this is the smart way of, of of publicly traded companies that are going to get a lot of scrutiny to do this but there are more aggressive ways of actually executing this. So,
3: Eric? Yeah, yeah I I, uh, I had called the NFT or the Web3 or the Crypto VP or whatever the title is just a, a superficial punt with no substance. Um, and this, this to me is just indicative that uh, the fact that that's true, right? I mean, if you're really going after this space, you'd build a team, you'd develop games. It sounds like, and there are not a lot of details about this partnership, but it sounds like it's just, like an IP license or something, which to, which is is just the definition of a superficial punt with no substance, right? Oh, Because let's, let's
1: hope that's not it,
3: really. Well, that's what I mean. Everything I read just said, yeah, we're going to leverage our our IPs and our brands, but but Zynga doesn't really have strong IPs and brands. I mean, they've they've licensed, i their, their strongest IP is is probably their social media stuff, which is Game of Thrones. Um, What's the other one? The uh, the witch from uh, uh, one of the casino games has the uh, Wizard of Oz IP. Um, You know, if you think about their IPs, they're they're sort of it's Words with Friends, right? That's really the only one I think that's become an actual standalone, you know, bona fide IP. Maybe Merged Dragons, maybe Empire and Puzzles, but I don't think those are like sort of very recognizable Zynga brands. So if that it really is what they're doing, then yeah, then well, then it makes sense that they hired a brand marketer from coca-cola right because it's really just a matter of leverage you know of licensing the brands out the ips out to to go make nft games with or whatever but i mean it's just it's very unclear what the partnership is i think you're right eric that's the smart thing to do if you're not going to go all in on this is to just go hire the very smart people at forte to do it for you um but to me this is just support for the idea that this is kind of a punt it's it was just designed probably to get public markets excited they didn't get excited um, and now it's like, well, okay, let's just sort of see if anyone can build something cool with RIP and we'll take some revenue cut from that. But my sense is, my prediction, if we were doing predictions today, is that they kind of shutter this whole thing at some point next year.
1: <laughs> All right. I, I, no, I don't think so, but uh, but I hear what you're saying. I, I mean, I'm not in disagreeing with you. I just think that this thing will keep on a life life support for a long time. They have to fail at least once before they shut it down, I think. But we'll see. Um, And given what's going on with Ubisoft and then this other team, uh, the Stalker team, where everyone's, like, revolting on the idea and they're cowtowing, cowtailing. What's the right expression? Anyway, it doesn't matter. They're, like, retreating as fast as humanly possible. It's just unbelievable. Like, dude, these guys got to buck up. Um, the, the the starker
0: stuff was funny because they announced the NFT uh, or where you can create the, the superhuman and then they got the other <laughs> the next day they got the uh, the backlash so they they uh, they created this sort of a like a rebuttal or kind of like explanation of what they're doing <laughs> they still got some shit so they just shut it down and that was like inside 24 hours so
1: <laughs> it like, came oh. down real quick so that, that was the quickest oh, yeah. retreat we've seen. <laughs> Yeah, we talked about this last week, and and Chris Heatherly wrote a nice note about our podcast, um, which was which was cool. And ultimately, you just got to own this stuff, you know, and 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 suffer through the consequences. Uh, but then again, Ubisoft again is going through some serious problems, and there was a new new news article recently about um, you know their their mass exodus of of developers have been relatively happy at ubisoft for years because they really take care of their developers but all this b2 stuff and everything else is going on at ubisoft there's a lot more things and a lot more context i guess to this that's going on but fundamentally they should own it and if they're going to do it just do it and make mistakes and figure it out and not just not just abandon um anyway oh speaking of dumb all right my my update (laughs) this has got to be the dumbest acquisition I've ever seen in gaming. I, I'm not saying that that bar has set pretty freaking high because not only does the valuation not make any sense whatsoever at $3 billion, but the embracer acquisition of Asmodee is ridiculous. It is ridiculous on in, almost by every measure, right? Now Asmodee is a company that I actually am somewhat familiar with because I, I was thinking about working with them, you know, three or four years ago and they have, an amazing and i'm going to say this they have an amazing board game business now i i'm emphasizing board game because they're board games okay so it is a great business and they do a really good job and they have like super core ip that people love particularly in europe right it's a big european thing but i think it's starting to take off in north america and that's fine right it's a good business right it's a good solid business but it absolutely makes no sense from the perspective of an interactive. Their, their IP is so fucking niche. It is like, there's just no way you can convert that to a mass market game in this environment, right? So anyway, so the, strategically, it makes no sense. Valuation, it makes no sense. And, and, and then what they will try to claim is that this IP is going to like somehow miraculously go from the super niche nerds that play board games in, in, in Germany or the Netherlands and become these mass market you know strategy games or whatever and let me just give you a list of their biggest IP Space Cowboys Fantasy Flight Games Arkham Horror Days of Wonder Catan now even the dorky audience that we have have never heard of any of these IP
3: with the exception maybe oh, of Catan come on
2: okay, yeah we've we've heard of this oh, <laughs> you have,
3: Adam, you Catan, really major really IP. Catan's a major IP There's
2: yeah yeah IP.
3: <laughs> Don't me.
2: Don't they, so they also have ticket to ride um yeah yeah the, the, the oh, yeah, like p- pandemic
1: huge one yeah the last game that came out from ticket to ride
2: dude well they have tons of expansions so, like it's a board game <laughs> it's a board, board
1: game. game i do know <laughs> what i'm saying it's not an interactive it's not a mass market ip it's fucking nutty dude all right so now Catan is probably the biggest ip that they have right and they tried with the biggest biggest publisher of location-based games, namely Niantic, to come out with a game using the Catan IP, and it bombed. And they, they pulled it from the store before it even released, right? They had a year-long beta, and they canceled it. You know why? Because no one gives a shit about Catan other than these nerds in Europe, right? So stop it, right? And they're paying $3 billion for the privilege of owning this thing. It is it is nutty, dude. It is nut. All right. I guess it's not,
2: it's not 2022 yet, right? So you don't have to be positive yet. Are you just trying to get through all of your negativity now before we reach the end of the year?
1: No, I was kidding. I'm not going to stop I mind. <laughs> All right. So, but I'm glad. Here's what happened. The stock went down 10%. Thank God. Oh, sorry. The third thing that was so ridiculous about this, they raised debt of all things to finance this, right? So the stock was down like 10% on the news but mostly probably because they really raised debt to fund this thing but because like most investors are looking at this and like going what have you let, run out of ideas you know and then they acquired perfect world which publishes cryptic titles they just canceled their most recent ip uh, mmo they have star trek online never winter never winter is a good game but anyway these are super old mmos that they're just like thing and they got it for a song they basically just got it for you know it, it was a fire sale right um so that wasn't ter- terrible but jesus christ what are they thinking like th- stop stop embrace or stop manage what you got you have way too many developers you are going to just, c- just get crushed in the next year or so and the stock is one of the most you know is gotten crushed recently but anyway all right they also acquired dark horse that's the uh, the comic books right
2: yeah yeah, yeah, yeah like the, city is- and hellboy yeah
0: yeah exactly that, that was looking into starting a game. Well, I, I remember we covered in a news piece. So, so Embracer also acquired Dark Horse, Shiver Entertainment. I don't know what that is. And Spot Film Networks.
1: Yeah, so Yeah. They're, they're out of their minds. They're just total bottom feeding <laughs> and paying a premium for it. Like Asmodee, $3 billion. I mean, I just, I wanted to throw up when I heard that. I um, bet bankers love Lars. I mean, yeah, he's, dude. he's making deals. <laughs> I'll give I'll that's the one thing I will give him credit for. And I'll give it like the fact the guy is a Wheeler and dealer. I've never seen so much activity on an M&A site. You know how complicated these things can be that. And that's the other thing is that because these things generally are very complicated. I mean, I did M&A for years, years I did this stuff. It's so complicated to do the diligence on this. You know, the 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 war rooms and, and understanding all the legal issues that they have, any type of outstanding legal obligations, whether it's licensing or. Deals like that, like it takes forever to diligence these deals. They are not doing these le- this level of diligence that's required for these deals, particularly the deals of these size, right? It doesn't make any sense. And so, what I'm, what I think is going to happen is most of these people that they're acquiring are not going to be able to hit their earnout targets, and they're going to bail, right? They're just going to bounce, you know, and say, "Oh man, there's no way I'm hitting this because we can't get a game out." So we're going to just start to see this mass exodus of teams. Uh, from them and it's just going to collapse upon itself like that's like kind of my prediction meanwhile they can't get a game out to save their lives right so both games that were supposedly coming out within the next six months saints row as well as uh dead island are both been delayed you know who knows how long um and so it's like th- they still haven't executed right so but anyway for them for the, for the on the positive side they have their two biggest ips coming out next year and and that should be interesting to see how well they do but i think they're gonna bomb you know and um and but that'll help help the stock a little bit i bet. it's well, no, good. good. We have
0: a positive crest. Oh yeah. On,
2: on this
1: podcast. Yeah, you, get 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 ready. All, right. <laughs> All yeah, right. Go ahead do the intro Mishka.
0: No, there's no intro. We're going to talk about biggest news items. We're going to talk about who was the biggest winner of 2021. We're going to talk about who took the most damage. Uh, what was the best game or was the uh, not the best game. Biggest trends and most skeptical moves. Just based on the last last year's um, last year's news, so Eric, did you wh- did you change wh- the wording? Who took the most damage?
1: Well, and biggest like- loser.
0: Yeah, I don't want to. Like, let's not call companies losers. Like, that's, buck, just that's such a dude, defensive. You've got to buck way. up, man. Come on, man. <laughs> Where's, Where's the
2: juice? juice? What? We should. Yeah, we should change it to lost. Lost the most juice in one year.
0: <laughs> the lost the most juice. juice. Let's Where's put it this way? Way. Let's All not right, call we'll somebody off. a loser for a bad year, especially the companies we're talking about are fucking amazing so they're not losers they might have you know hit a bump a little (laughs) so so anyway uh (laughs) biggest news item of 2021 eric kress what was your start. Uh, start.
1: definitely the biggest news item from my perspective is activision blizzard controversy clearly the biggest story the most covered across um all the outlets including like what wall street journal new york times etc and as I predicted, at least I predicted it so far, is that Bobby has survived so far, uh, showing how amazingly big it, or strong his hold is on the board directors there. But this set of huge amounts of coverage across the entire industry on this particular subject, and I, I don't think we're, it's done. So we shall see how 2022 <laughs> shapes up and whether Bobby survives uh, you know, the onslaught. But so far, I think that is the biggest story. Uh
0: well the second biggest i think was was uh apple versus epic that was raging kind of like the first half of the year uh there was the whole free fortnite campaign and everyone was kind of edging on their seat to see how it end ends up and it was very unclimatic it was like almost went to uh to a split decision if you will in fighting terms and um fortnite is still not on any of the mobile devices i mean it is on android if you get the uh the launcher and um Developers can now advertise their top-up pages, but now Apple is trying to get a cut of that as well outside the App Store approach. So it's kind of like it was a big news. It was a kind of like this raging battle or skirmish, however you will, but it ended in a very anticlimactic way. So that was that was kind of like my, my thing. Adam, what's yours? Yeah,
2: I'm not sure how to... To get to the detail of the question, biggest news item, I think, Eric, you you thought of it as like, what was the highest reach, which reached the most publications, so to speak? Um, I was thinking about it more like what was the the news item that caused the most change in the last year, right? Um, Number one for me would be NFTs and Axie Infinity, um, really reaching a tipping point for blockchain gaming. If you think of how Top Shots was, I think, March, Axie in the summer. Uh, number two would be you know, agreeing to Apple versus Epic, resulting in web payments being allowed. Um, I think not everybody predicted that. Uh, number three would be the actual impact of IDFA and the rise of cross-promotion strategies. And I think the honorable mentions here would probably be metaverse and roll-up strategy.
0: Yeah, and by the way, regarding the, uh, the top-up pages on the web, shout out to our sponsor, Exola, for, for allowing those. <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs>
2: So, so anyway, okay. Eric Suford, <laughs> great mid roll.
0: <laughs> that was that was that was the most uh, contextual ad you can have. Oh,
3: um, top up pages in the in the uh, in the industry. But the well, so so just to just to be clear, the the injunction got delayed, right? So we actually don't have links in the apps yet. I mean, we probably will at some point. So my 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 take on the news story of of. 2021, uh, 2021 was the rollout of ATT. I think that was the biggest story arc of 2021. It kind of uh, dominated, at least my world, for 2021. I think that the way it played out was a masterstroke in controlling the narrative on Apple's part. Um, I think we'll be we'll be feeling the tremors of this throughout 2022. And I think it's also important to note that ATT is just sort of one incursion into the free flow of data that the internet economy is mostly built around. I, I think we're we're definitely going to see federal privacy legislation uh at least proposed in 2022 maybe maybe even implemented um and i think that'll take shape in a way that's disruptive to a lot of digital businesses so this is just this is the beginning i mean there's a lot more to come um and it's going to kind of reshape the way that we think about the internet and uh and so i think you know given that to my mind 2022 the biggest uh theme is going to be content fortresses just seeing all the way these different companies pair together to kind of combine data Ad networks or data with proprietary content. I think that's that's just a that's just going to be a steady drumbeat of news in 2022, and 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 we'll see we'll see a lot more um, of 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 the kind of congealing of of these big properties um, and and you know consolidating ad tech with content um, in a way that kind of looks much different than what we've all been used to with like an open internet. Right, we're going to see a lot more of a closed internet. Um, I think, over the next next few years. All right. The biggest
0: winners. Eric Kress, who do you have?
1: Well, it was... 2021. Three... What's that?
0: Biggest winners of 2021.
1: Yeah. It was a really, 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 really tough year for uh, video game stocks um, after, you know, kind of such a, a long, you know, bull market for gaming, uh, particularly during COVID. But the biggest... Uh, gains and of course I look at it from the perspective of stock market gains was Roblox which was up in a remarkable 70% this year but now it's only up around 30 because I guess it's gotten it got clobbered lately um, but that that that's by far the biggest winner in the gaming space was Roblox this year
0: uh, for sure uh, I marked Levin, uh even though their stock hasn't performed quite as well as Roblox I mean they went <clears throat> from 65 in the beginning to I think it's 85 at the moment but, <clears throat> excuse me. It's still a lot when you compare it to other mobile gaming publishers like Zynga, Stillfront, Playtica, All of those tumbled down, uh, while AppLovin kept growing. And of course, AppLovin is known for their really impressive tool set. You got the Max App Discovery, Spark Labs, Adjust. They acquired MoPub. They have tremendous advantage um, because you know, in in theory, they they have event optimization data that they can use utilize significantly to improve the creatives of their own portfolio businesses as well as the ones that they uh, publish or the ones that they could acquire through their M and investment activities so and, and in addition to that of having that tool set they also are have a very strong publisher portfolio both internal external as well as investments in other companies and of course risk in applovin lies in in the full banning of fingerprinting uh, but till that point, they've built quite the, uh, quite the content
1: fortress. Bingo. Um, <laughs> yeah, they're, they're on borrowed time. But yeah. On.
2: <laughs> okay. um, I'm mostly going to agree on uh, Roblox, uh, also Dream Games and Metacore for just overall performance. Um, I'm also going to call it Riot, and I know we've given them flack on this podcast quite a bit, but this year, you'd think Valorant, Arcane, And Wild Rift's launch in China. As well, a third-party publishing division that has been, I would say, a critical success, but likely not a profit generator. Right? That's still four things, major wins uh, for Riot that show that they can expand beyond League of Legends. Um, So I do want to call them out. And then number five, uh, we've called this out on the podcast a few times, Garina Free Fire's growth has been impressive. Especially in the wake of fighting against Tencent and on PUBG Mobile and Cod Mobile.
1: Yeah, they also benefited a lot from uh, removing Fortnite from the store, right? And they yep. executed well well, executed extremely well in the US.
0: Yeah, and especially yep. in the third tier countries like India, though that, that's been big for Garena and Garena Free Fire came out with Garena Free Fire Max for kind of like a tier one audience, and that one did super well as well. So they've been executing on, on all fronts and all all or
3: all, all demographics and geographics. So uh, really phenomenal work. Um Suford yeah, I'm going to echo you and I'm going to say Applovin was the biggest winner of 2021. I think they executed perfectly in the face of ATT. They picked up some really exciting assets for reasonable prices with adjust in February Mopub in October. I think honestly, I feel like Twitter's management is going to look back on the sale of Mopub and see it as a massive, massive, massive strategic blunder. Um, I have no idea why they sold that asset that, and especially if they're, they are actually going to, to embrace uh, direct response to advertising selling that was just idiotic, but App- AppLovin uh, benefited from that. Um, I think you know AppLovin is definitely going to see some disruptions to their business when Apple begins to intervene with what I call quote unquote probabilistic install attribution using device parameters. Uh, but it's still not. I'm still not really sure what that looks like or what shape that'll take if Apple doesn't announce anything that applies to in-app traffic um for you know for that kind of attribution at WWDC in June, then I think that they may not, they it might turn out that they don't pursue this at all. Um app you know App has, has pieced together a very complete and compelling platform slash content fortress bingo that includes a large portfolio of first party content and mobile games don't seem mobile game devs don't seem to be pushing back on that. That's always been a big risk. I think um you know that that game developers say look App Levin's a competitor. We're not gonna work with them. We don't want to give them our data. But Applovin has continued to grow its its games portfolio. It's continued to uh, to push deeper into um, you know into the sort of data environment for mobile games. Now with Mopub, they get all the sort of SSP data. and mobile devs for the most part have not abandoned the platform. Um, so I think that the risk there is, is, has kind of been managed really well. The post IPO performance of the stock has been pretty milk but you know, if, if quote unquote, probabilistic install attribution using device parameters isn't interrupted, 2022 could be a growth year. Eric is, is giving me devil eyes here (laughs) because when I say,
1: would you make it more complicated than it needs to be? Why wouldn't you just make a better acronym than this bullshit? That's like 10 letters long.
3: Because this is this is very specific and evocative. If I say fingerprinting, people get pissed off. So I'm saying this instead.
1: Who's getting pissed off? It's fingerprinting. I get What's I that? I get
3: I get angry DMs every time I say fingerprinting. <laughs> we're not fingerprinting. We're not fing- like from all across the ecosystem. So this is what I say now. P I A U D P. Apple also bought itself. Uh, so so I think another winner, an honor, honorable mention, um, Apple. So Apple bought itself some time uh, with the Epic v. Apple ruling. They, they for the most part won that that ruling. Uh, the the injunction was delayed, so they've had no kind of hard consequences uh, from that. Um, and there, the the rollout of ATT was fairly uncontested. I mean that was that was very, uh, in my mind, brazen, uh, bold. Um, I think there are a lot of uh, competitive questions um, that that get raised uh, through ATT um you know it, it was uh, very controversial i don't know if anybody read the the uk's uh, competitions markets authority report on mobile platforms recently They had a whole appendix on att um and it seems like there's probably going to be some regulatory reaction but for the most part they got it through they pushed it through um they made it happen so i think apple is kind of a, an honorable mention there
1: all right i'm going to start this one mr mishka because you don't know what the hell you're talking about <laughs> who took the most damage no, no, no. Who lost Who the was most? The biggest but... loser of 2021.
2: <laughs> Who lost the most juice? Who lost Who the lost most juice?
1: juice? <laughs> well, from a stock perspective, it's still front. Still front. As I've said, their strategy never made any fucking sense from the get go, even though I love those guys. Alexis, you're my man, right? They're down 54%. 54%, half their value gone. Ubisoft, second runner up, down 45%. Um, based on a host of reasons, and I still don't think they're out of the woods, and neither is still front for that matter. Um, But I think Activision was probably the worst in terms of overall market value, down 30%, you know, fueled by all these issues that they're having at Blizzard, et cetera, et cetera. And then Zynga has an honorable mention. After rising and rising all the way up to 12 bucks a share, they are down 30% this year. Um, Just getting clobbered recently. Uh, And they are still... Not admitting the fact that IDFA is having an impact on their business, but of course, they have the NFT czar who's going to come to the rescue. and I'm sure, uh, I'm sure Frank and uh Bernard have IDFA covered, right? So, next year they're, they're good, they're good. Um, so those are the biggest losers of the year, unfortunately. Again, it was a really, really bad year for video games on the stock side, but I'm hoping that next year particularly on the console side, we'll see some, some rebounds.
0: Um, Uh, I feel like NFTs are, should have been part of the, uh, the bingo. That's because it comes up (laughs) literally in every single episode. (laughs) Um, all right. So who lost the most juice? Uh, I would say a couple of companies. So play they lost 50% of their market values. They peaked at 36 this year and they are now at 18. Um, but. When I look at their revenue numbers, when I look at their downloads, I mean, they're still operating really well. Revenue has stayed steady. Uh, so I think whoever is in charge of the, uh, the investment relations um, should get some juice back to the company and then kind of like sell a little bit of a different type of a story uh, because it, you know, it seems like the, uh, the expectations are not aligned with the
1: execution. The other Hold on minute. Did. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What? 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 These, I the these, these companies are are valued based on future, not current, mm-hmm. right? If they're flatlining in terms of revenue, that means they're not growing, which basically means they're worth far less than what they are expected to be level worth. Yeah, but fifty
0: so, percent. They've done excellent acquisitions. They were overvalued M&A. to they, begin with. They you know? acquired these and, companies. It's just it's a fifty percent is a lot when yeah, but given social, that your social- business.
1: Social- their main business is social casino. I think it's like 80, 85% of their revenue. And, and that is like the one that is hurt the most by, by IDFA and Apple's, uh, aggressive behavior. So yeah. they're, they're the ones that are going to hurt the most. Then Zynga too, with all their social casino. So.
0: Yeah. Well, I've, I've been at companies that lost 50%. Like I remember Rovio lost 50%, uh, pretty quickly of their, of their, uh, value. And, and there was a reason for it. And, you know, um, based on based on operations and this one it just doesn't seem when when you look at i understand Eric what you're saying but when i look at the other uh, numbers it's not like they're they're getting a beating out there in the market so 50 percent right, seems true. to be
1: I, I, actually the one i forgot to say is skills holy crap dude, yeah. skills just got annihilated dude like that, that company was like ew, total total ridiculous nonsense but like um they were supposed to be break even this year in terms of uh, earnings. They're not even going to get close, you know, or like down like minus 14 or something. But anyway, uh, yeah, that stock has just gotten crushed. I will tell you in a minute how bad. Okay. So,
0: so, so uh, let me And the other company that I want to raise up that, that took a little bit of a beating in terms of operations was Playrix. So I was looking at their downloads in the beginning of the year, they are about 40 million installs a month and they're down to 14 million installs a month. So, um, yeah, it's uh at at one point maybe a a year ago they were the best non-Chinese publisher developer, uh, on mobile, and I think they're going to be lucky if they're going to be top five, the next year. Uh, so um, definitely those those type of ads that have been very successful for Playrix, uh, misleading ads or um, you know however you want to let's just call them misleading ads that they've mastered. Uh, they haven't translated to the uh, the post-ATT era. And now the company is is clearly suffering on the download side. So of course the games are still performing extremely well. Uh, the the LTVs are high and the retention is high for those type of puzzle games. But but they the the challenges in scaling will be for the future games. And uh, honorable mention for you know Chinese gamers and Chinese game companies because CCP has been um, laying down the hammer on those and and restricting the playtime, uh, and 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 all kinds of. Um, Gaming activity, so that's definitely not been great for the uh, for the domestic market. And I, an also honorable mention for esports. I think esports has been taking a hit during the
3: the pandemic. Uh, you know. So, anyways. Oh my whatever. God! Can I just interject for a minute? For a second, there was a Business Insider article yesterday. It was the top ad execs in gaming and esports, or something. And I was like, oh, cool. I'll open this up and probably see some familiar faces. I swear to God, I. It was people that worked at McDonald's, and uh, uh, the the number one person worked at Bud Light. There was someone that worked at um, Grubhub. It was the most ridiculous. I was like, wait a minute, did I click the wrong article? These people have nothing to do with. And like, I was just scrolling through it, you know, not reading the text, and it was like, I must have clicked the wrong link. This is not related to gaming or esports. And it was like, it was people that had done like brand campaigns for an esports team and i was like what are you talking about this is nuts i don't know all those lists always make me mad like there's never a time when i see one of those lists and i read it and think yeah they nailed that like the the 30 under 30 that's a joke these uh, any i mean business insider is pretty bad generally but like the listicle stuff it was just i did people pay to get on those i mean you have to just just write a check and you get Uh, it included in this list and nothing to do with gaming
1: yeah i'm sure it's a pr thing right Oh, I just want to go through skills really quickly because skills was one of the ones that I had a good call this year is that they started the year at 21 bucks, They went all the way up to $40 a share, an absurd valuation, $43. They're down at $8.61. <laughs> so they're down less, more than 50% and down like 75% from their high uh, and uh, frankly well-deserved because they, their business model doesn't make any sense. Um, but all right, moving on.
2: Yeah, in terms of My- losing losing the most amount of, like, absolute juice, I'm just going to uh, piggyback on, on your honorable mention, which is Tencent, right? Like, they were the <laughs> by far largest publisher, absolutely, um, and now they face serious headwinds with China, right? Slowed approvals. Seems like the news just came out that they're finally able to actually update their games. Um, their cash cows, things like Honor of Kings, um, are, are going to struggle to 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 be remain their their cash cows and now they're obviously shifting towards western development and western IPs, um and i think they're doing actually a great job of that but i think as a company one that has always been our the number one gaming publisher now has serious headwinds 2022 plus
3: super yeah um my so my um uh 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 um, most friction experienced. I'm not going to say biggest loser. Uh, is uh, Z- I'm going to I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say Zynga. So it doesn't have a strategy, right? So it's 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 kind of playbook which it executed really well, right? From like in in the in the era of the current management team, they did a fantastic job just executing the aggregator playbook, like buy up studios, let them operate totally independently. You know, structure the deal so that they're really motivated to perform. Um, and they benefited a lot from that and, and that's just not going to work anymore. And they don't have a strategy or at least they don't have one that they're able to very easily articulate right now. And that, that placates, um, or excites, uh, the market. Right. So, uh, you know, crest was going over the, 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 the kind of rough trend with the stock, but like they started the year at nine, at 10, started the year at 10, peaked at twelve eighteen in February. And now they're at 647, right? And that's even up uh, from, you know, just kind of recent recent price activity. So, you know, their stock's down 40%. Uh, it's down almost half from peak. They just need to figure out what the strategy is. And they haven't, and the, the crypto punt, I mean, it just, that wasn't credible ever. Especially with, you know, if you want to do that, you've got to show, you, you got to showcase how you're actually going to build those games. It's not, it, it, you know, you can't just, you can't just sort of like toss this sort of hollow narrative um, into the ether and expect that to do anything. So my sense is like, they need to, they need to really build a strategy and they need to find a way to articulate it. I think, you know, if I was going to make the case for them and I have this piece that I've been, that I've been kind of working on, I'm not sure if I'll even publish it, but if you really, if you wanted to make a case that I think leans into the environment, you said, look, we're going to build a content fortress. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to have premium inventory that we sell. which is chart boost. We're going to stitch all of our titles together. They've got a decently cross promotable portfolio. Um, and, and we're going to build up this content portfolio that actually does kind of work together. And we're going to use the ad tech that we bought, um, to, to, to keep people alive, to, to sort of monetize people across multiple titles, and then we'll sell this premium inventory, um, ourselves. And so we'll keep the rake. That makes sense, but I, that, that could make sense. That's at least that's a reasonable strategy, but you have to, you have to also lay out what the execution plan for that is, and I—it's just not credible right now that they can pull that off,
1: dude. That's like a five-year plan, dude. Like a <laughs> trillion dollars of investment in like tech, dude. They are not even in ground zero, dude. They haven't even like consolidated their their, their publishing uh, accounts. On, on, I mean, it's like, dude, they're so far away from that. Here's
3: they—they well, have—they they have, they have for Rolic, though. Rolic is is uh, has yeah. been consolidated and, into the and chart boost. Yeah. Well, no, sure. no, but I mean, they, they've, they've put the Rollick yeah. games into the Zynga publishing account but, on. But, 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 right.
1: But, the, but again, Graham peak, all the
3: big companies, the big uh, teams are not. So. Well, but no, but you know what the problem is? And, and no one's talking about this, you know, grant people from Graham are leaving. A lot of the key people at Graham have already left. And my sense is you'll start to see that with, I mean, the earnouts are ending. So, so, and that was a, a big highlight of their last earnings is like, They're, they don't have any more earnouts to pay middle of next year. Well, that's a bad thing to my mind, because how are you going to keep these people?
1: A hundred percent. hundred. That's part of the thesis. It's like, they're just, they're, they're going to be in a, in a spiral. You know, all these companies have done all these aggressive acquisitions can't keep people. And, and because there's so much money out there chasing this stuff that there, there's plenty of money to go fund other things. Right. So there's no reason to stay. Um, but anyway, uh. well just just a quick point
3: just just, sorry to piggyback on what you just said because i think it's an important point anybody that's leaving graham uh anybody that's leaving small giant talk to me first if you want seed Mm -hmm. money you talk to me first okay i'll be the first (laughs) check in your startup talk to eric first you'll have a growth plan i'll introduce you to every other vc talk to me
0: first (laughs) this leads also to the uh the upcoming deconstructor fund event in istanbul in q1 that we're planning so uh, I believe Eric might be there uh, in 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 uh, in flesh so you can talk to him on site and uh Wait I wasn't even invited hand.
1: to do this. What's going on? You want to
0: come? You want to come? Wanna come? Yeah, okay, so Eric's are, gonna be there.
1: Q1, okay, um, Eric's are going to be there. Okay,
0: Eric's are going to be there. One is handing out checks,
1: seed checks,
0: <laughs> PC see checks and the other one is just being a uh, very positive <laughs> force of nature.
1: Anyway, all right, I don't want to dwell too much on Zynga, but like the, no. the fundamental thing that they did not do over this time is invest in studios, right? They, they bought studios, but they didn't invest in internal studios and I think an internal pipeline. And so from what I'm seeing, they have nothing in the pipeline that's meaningful and Farmville's not doing well, Puzzle Combat didn't do well, and this Star Wars game is ridiculous. So um, anyway, all right, we will um, keep going. Best game that's... of 2021. yes. So I think by most measures, Deathloop was probably the best, like, AAA game of 2021. Probably the most talked about game from that perspective. And also because it was a little bit controversial because it was exclusive for PlayStation, but built by a team that was acquired by Microsoft. <laughs> so it's like really odd. But for me, I couldn't get into it at all. So from my perspective, Final Fantasy 14 was the best game. <laughs> but that doesn't matter, right? That doesn't really matter. Um, so for me, Outriders was probably the one that I spent the most time in. I love looter shooters. And even though a lot of people did not, um, were not feeling it. I think they did a great job of building a looter shooter, uh, with the budget that they had. And even though they didn't support it after launch, but they said they wouldn't support it still was my favorite game of 2021. And let's hope 2022 is better for gaming in general, but it's looking like that. And hopefully we'll talk about that on the 22, 2022 predictions
2: yeah um i think we're talking about this like professionally or personally right like i think personally that the my favorite new game of 2021 uh was probably volheim um which of course like if you think of the developer from the beginning to where that ended up like that was that was a great game um but again like i think twenty twenty one was actually pretty much owned by older games delivering amazing live content um which is just going to be a continuing trend so if we then say like all older games right for example apex legends arena mode um uh, was a great addition and i think really yeah. changed their trajectory that's smart but eric, eric you didn't even didn't like Val, Valheim? you're like
1: dude valheim came and left right? i know
2: but it was it was a great survival game and for a, a small studio like that to execute at that level was pretty impressive right. but right. but, right. but if you, but that. then again like death loop i don't know you, you didn't even play it
1: yeah. <laughs> i did I played the first like two two things or something two I don't know
2: two cycles yeah I, I I beat it um but I could see why I got the headlines but I just did not really I felt like it really dragged along. Anyways,
1: yeah. not my kind of thing.
0: Um, all right, let's talk about games that, that were actually really successful. So Royal Match started this year off with 100k in net revenue, ending this year with 8.5 million in net revenue a month. Um, you know they. Clearly, they didn't, didn't hear anything about ATT. They had no clue about <laughs> Content Fortresses. They just executed like like goddamn savages out of, out there in, in, in Istanbul. Just an amazing team, amazing game. If you haven't downloaded Royal Match, you should download Royal Match. Uh, arguably one of the uh, best top three uh, puzzle games out in the market. So fantastic
3: from, from Dream Games. Suford? Second, um, I'm in a second your pick. Uh, um, Royal match is just uh, match three par excellence is a beautiful and engaging experience. I think it actually leans in the ATT, right? I mean, this is like a broadly appealing game, um, you know, kind of like more of a lightweight puzzle mechanic. It's very light on monetization. I mean, I think the first time I got hit to monetize was like session three or four. And I was I was keeping count because I wanted to see how aggressive they would be. Um, and, and it's just a, it's a really, really, really well done, like perfectly executed game.
1: Um, all right. So the next thing is the most underperforming game of 2021. I guess, you know, the biggest disappointment I I would say, um, the first one is Dungeons and Dragons, Dark Alliance. The problem is that I don't think many people expected much from this game to begin with, but man, it was terrible. (laughs) It was so bad. So, uh, but with such a great, a decent license, and we've talked about this before, it is still a niche license. They still have not found the recipe to bring this to a bigger market. Um, so anyway, um, let's hope that they can figure that out at Hasbro. Not Is it Hasbro? Yeah, right. Um, but I think GTA Trilogy was the worst. And, and not because it had that much material impact on anybody. It's just that it's so dumb to release something that's so beloved by the fan base of Grand Theft Auto and to release something that's so buggy and terrible uh, that is could easily have been tested before launch, so they pushed it out for no, for whatever. Maybe they needed some revenue. I don't know. I, it doesn't seem like they did. But um, and I, I and I don't think Rockstar even worked on this game. Most likely, it was probably a third party that did the ports. But you don't you don't mess with you don't mess with perfection. You know those games are considered like you know perfect in in a lot of ways by a lot of people. And so. You know this is not the way remasters should be done and and Activision in particular has done a great job on some of the remasters they've done but man did did, did did rockstar screwed this up um so anyway i don't think their are fam- i'm sure their fan base will be back i don't think the damage is permanent but it was it was by far the most disappointing release this year
2: D- did you actually buy the gta trilogy no oh i actually bought it <laughs> i picked it up because i wanted to experience it but it was wow yeah yeah wow um, biggest bungle, like underperforming game. Uh, I'll call it New World, but I, I I wouldn't call it a bad game, right? It was just a bungled launch, and I really hope that they can c- claw back from it, right? Um, but the one that I don't think many of you guys are aware of, eFootball 2021. Do you remember that? That was PES, uh, PES, football manager, or, or, or football, right? When they went free to play and just got torn apart. You'd think, okay, they actually convinced FIFA... They're gonna go free to play in a sports world. They they've got a that could happen, right? Just absolutely terrible launch. Anyways, me skip.
0: All right, so I'll name a couple games. Uh, So for one, the kind of like a biggest underperformance was PUBG New State. They had a pretty massive hype. The uh, the teaser video was amazing. Um, The game as itself is actually good it's better than the the tencent version in my humble opinion uh the the uh the game originally got over 40 million pre-registrations but as of this moment they have less installs than than they have pre-registrations um 34 million installs 6 million in net revenue after a couple of months both downloads and revenue uh fell off the cliff especially the downloads really really down and um yeah i think some alarms are going off in seoul i was just i just opened up app store and And the the front page is arcane event with the PUBG Mobile, the Tencent version. So, so Tencent is just ravaging them, like really, really pushing in some like, like tier, like a triple A content into into uh, PUBG Mobile, just to take all the action out of it. It's like front of the page, League of Legends. Those guys are ruthless, dude. I want to meet
1: the guy that made these plans at Tencent, dude, because they are just they are just bombing them all over the place yeah, those guys.
0: and then exactly. when, you, when yeah it's uh it's it's pretty brutal it's it's really brutal so uh hope hope um pub can can kind of turn this around but um they they really need to put in some more juice into their uh battle passes and the events like you can't how can you compete with league of legends coming into PUBG mobile when when you're having like you know a santa claus event like come on um the other, the other two is uh, Clash Mini and Clash Quest. I know that these games are still in soft launch, but um, we're talking about best IP and arguably the best developers. And and when it comes to Supercell games, I'm I'm usually you know used to be blown away. Like that's what I expect. Like when I when I when I play their latest game, I'm you know it has to be something magical. With uh, with these two, it was kind of like, huh, okay. Turned out pretty quickly. The other uh, the Clash Quest is essentially Legend of Zolgard with uh, with Clash IP with some modifications, but nothing nothing to to you know blow your hair back. And Clash Mini, I'm I'm a pretty you know on and off player of TFT. I really love Auto Chess, and and this was a interesting, uh interesting approach, and I kind of wanted to see what a more casual Auto Chess would be like, and and um not a fan. It seems like to be like a turn based bat like Clash Royale, um, almost like a in my humble opinion a worse version of of Clash Royale. So not blown away um very much expecting the uh what the third Clash game will bring the uh the, the action RPG one, but um but yeah, I think I think these these two games won't pass off launch. Uh that's that's um that's what I'm a little bit worried about. So uh, I hope they do, but it's um my gamer experience is is, you know, not supporting
3: that. Suford? uh my uh my uh, my vote is for call of duty vanguard um ju- i mean this is just a personal judgment right not not from a professional standpoint but i was disappointed um i always look forward to new call of duty games i love the single player experience um but call of duty vanguard was a total snooze fest felt clunky uh the multi-character narrative structure was jarring and disjointed it wasn't fun like you switched back and forth between the characters and complete missions it was just kind of boring um, I was disappointed and I also felt like that the tech I did they this was on was this uh, anybody know which studio made this one it wasn't Treyarch was it
1: no well it was Sledgehammer but they were using Treyarch tech I think. okay because
3: it it felt like they took a step back in terms of the engine and and the huh. the, the visual quality but anyway I mean it was a bummer because I always look forward to a new Call of Duty uh I finished uh Days Gone though so I don't have anything to play right now and you know and we're heading into the holidays so I need to find something soon
1: yeah, I, actually, I should say, um, Battlefield was definitely also very disappointing this year. I, after like anticipation for the last three years or four years since the last one came out, uh, it did not do well, um, and and was not well received. So they got some work to do over there at, by Dice. Um, all right, biggest trend in 2020. Oh, super,
2: you should play Halo Infinite, the campaign. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm surprised Infinite. you haven't picked that up. If you need a shooter, right? Yeah,
3: but you know what? I don't like uh, futuristic themes. I just don't. It's, it's not engaging okay. to me. I, Battlefield 2048 or whatever, I also don't find appealing. I actually really like World War II era shooters, but this one didn't do it for me.
1: Huh. All right. Biggest trend of 2021. Obviously, NFT and blockchain was at least number one, followed by the metaverse discussions and Facebook's changed name to the meta um yeah that kind of clearly was the madness and 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 everyone seems to be talking about so
0: yeah second that blockchain madness like it was uh like the only conference i did this year was the slush and and it was just blockchain madness going on like they were at, at, all the companies that were raising were just raising on on blockchain pitches and and um seems like there's not a lot of experts in this sphere and it's just, it's it's craziness. I mean, it's so, so crazy that even we start a new segment on blockchain gaming. So, um, yeah,
2: Adam. Yeah. Oh, I, I'm going to say one game, super underappreciated game Naraka Blade Point. Is any, have you guys ever heard of that? No, Eric doesn't care. It's numbered, it's in the top 10 on Steam. Like, it's, Is it it's, nuts? it's, it's <laughs> trending up on CCU. Like,
1: are you just trying to generate nerd cred or something? Like, no. you just are mentioning these most random bullshit? <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, well, let's talk about it. Twenty twenty-two
1: podcast, the business of video games.
2: Uh, well, it's one of the few games on Steam that is consistently growing since its launch in CCU. So, that, from my perspective, that's a good DNA for a live service. Anyways, in terms of other trends besides blockchain marketing, mixed models. Um, And I think just in general on mobile, just a continued trend on hybrid genres and offering radically different gameplay as limited time events. So those are the, the deeper cuts that I'll offer.
3: Mm, yeah, I mean, I guess I didn't uh, I think I missed this section, but uh, I, yeah, I, the blockchain, you can't deny the blockchain stuff was like the biggest uh, conversation in games this year. I mean, it just was uh, Web3, uh, you play to earn all that, all that stuff. Um, we'll see what, you know, when the dust settles and the sort of hype, uh, you know, cacophony recedes how, how much substance is left, but that, that just overwhelmed every other discussion in 2021, which I mean, I, I give a shout out to all the people that just kept executing on their boring old, uh, standard mobile games in 2021 <laughs> without pivoting or without, uh, trying to raise a blockchain fund or something like there's a lot of people that were just like, Nope. I'm ignoring all the distractions and I'm going to keep plugging away at my company that's very successful and that is uh, generating lots of free cash flow and EBIT and uh, and and I applaud those people because it was easy to get distracted this year.
1: Well, I for, on that point, I think out of like, the millions of call, calls and re- texts and stuff that I've gotten, everyone has like one foot out the door, <laughs> it's, particularly in mobile. <laughs> it's like everyone's looking for the next next thing at this point. I think mobile is it's going to struggle. So that will be our predictions for next year or next time is that I think for the first time we might actually see decline in the mobile market in the West, um, as, uh, Apple continues to destroy the ecosystem, but all right, most skeptical moves. Um, there are a lot, right. And I I actually could start by this insane amount of investment in some of these NFT companies that are clearly Ponzi schemes and, and super sketchy, but, um, but uh, Axie Infinity just comes to mind. But uh but we'll see. I think um everything Embracer did this year pretty much was skeptical move. Like three billion dollars acquisition of Asmodee. <laughs> I just my my brain almost exploded. Even even Chris Petrovic, like the most like, you know, even heavy guys just like this is, makes no sense, right? Um so I don't want to call him out, but um yeah that makes no sense Uh, obviously zynga hiring a coca-cola biz dev guy to do nfts at zynga that's up there The most skeptical move but now it's making a little bit more sense you know even what he's doing so maybe that will turn into something that's not so skeptical um what other things that are super (laughs) skeptical there's so much to talk about um from this because I think once things get hyped to beyond belief, then things just get done, you know, without really much thought. Um, and so some of these investments they made valuations, you know, EA's acquisition of glue, for instance, right? Like that made no sense at the time, but it made strategic sense for EA. But now if you look at the data, it did exactly what, you, what I expected it to do. It's been straight the fuck down, right? So since they acquired it, it's down like 30 or 40% in terms of run rate. You know, it's like nutty. Um, because that's a st- stupid acquisition from the numbers, but from a strategy perspective, it makes a lot of sense and probably help them position themselves on mobile. So, um, but we've talked a lot about a lot of stuff over the over last year, um, and I'm sure you guys are bored of it all. So, moving on, who's next?
0: But who's a lot going? of a lot of like executives also left glue. And, and not only executive like heads of studios and so forth. Um, it was kind of weird that there was no earnout or nothing. If not, nah, it was
1: a product. Soon. It was a product acquisition. That's it. They don't want those teams. They want the you know, operating teams, but they don't need development resources. Like you think the deer hunter game is ever gonna come to light or even the new Crowdstar game? Maybe the new Crowdstar game. Mm-hmm. The the Deer Hunter game is dead. Um, they just wanted design home and um you know, tap sports and see if they can leverage that. Yeah, um, but Tap that's...
0: Sports core team left. Did they? Yeah. They started up a new studio. Uh, that's not good. Yeah. So um, you know. That that's that's what I was wondering. Uh not not like per se that the uh Chris and, and other like uh C suit executives left that that was expected, but but the fact that you have like a core team from Tap Sports leaving and setting up a new sports studio with NFTs, you know, pretty much a year later is, is yeah. a little bit worrying. Um all right, so on my side I would say of course, you know, the Dapper Labs, the mythicals, the rec rooms, not that that they are a bad company, the Sorare or so rare. Well, let's just call it Sorare. It just sounds better. That's <laughs> a, a French company. Like them raising insane amount of of money. Good for them. I mean, excellent for them. But but it seems like like what is it based on? It's just it's just crazy. Um, I raised uh, as a skeptical moved. I I like I put in Valve's Steam Deck. So they're oh. handheld gaming PC for four hundred bucks. It's <laughs> really expensive. Technically, you know not that great and also really delayed they don't have plans for 5g or lte on it the battery life expectations are like between two to eight hours uh but again i don't want to be negative because fortnite was very popular on switch and i've been playing vigor on switch i've been playing warframe on switch so uh steam deck might be a thing though i have to say i haven't been enjoying any shooter game on, on switch because of the controls so steam Steam Deck might be a thing. I might be totally wrong, but that was sort of a, a eyebrow razor for me, and that's what a skeptical move
2: is. Oh, I bought one. I'm totally kidding. I'm totally excited for it. <laughs> yeah, it will come in, in 2025.
1: <laughs> what? what the hell is wrong with you, dude? It's Toronto. Dude, you moved up to Canada, and you became weird. That's what? what
0: <laughs> Why did buy a
2: Steam Deck weird? Why would you buy a Steam Deck? I, I, play Switch, I play Switch all the time. As a dad gamer... Having a mobile computer Man, very back. useful.
1: US, dude, I think the cold's gotten like no. your brain or something. No, I don't know. anyways,
2: my most skeptical move. Um, I think it's just all the nosebleed valuations in blockchain over the last year and metaverse. Um, I, I just don't know how you how anybody can look at some of these numbers and say, "Yep, that is what the company is valued at currently." I think it's just fueled by a lot of. Uh, yeah, a, a lot of misinformation. And I, like, I look, I'm clearly a skeptic on this, and my stance remains that I think player-to-player marketplaces and games can and have like been proven to work. And I think after this hype train, there's going to be a growing platform for um, player-to-player um, economies and experiences. But valuating games in this space in the billions before really major adoption hurdles and legal hurdles are solved, I think is crazy.
3: Yeah. I I think I just, some of these, some of these investment rounds, um, just makes no sense. Right. And like the growth is not that impressive in a lot of cases, right? Like I don't want, I'm not going to, I won't call it any specifics, but I don't know. I feel like you're going to see some valuation adjustments, some down rounds or some, I mean like some of these companies just, there's no way they can justify these investments and it's just VCs going nuts. Um, and the thing is, and the problem is too, it's like, if you raise these big funds, right, just for dedicated web three, or, you've got to deploy that money. You have to like, I mean, that's the thing. You can't be, uh, disciplined. You have to just shoot it out of your car window with an air gun. And like, you're going to have a lot of misses and you're going to have, and like, that's what causes like these insane, like, you know, upward spiral valuations is just like VCs fighting to get in. Because they've got to deploy the cash, and I just feel like it's very undisciplined right now. Um, and I don't, I don't see the the fundamentals in place. I don't really see the big, the big, um, the 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 value place here. But you know, whatever. I mean, I, I don't I don't feel like I'm a skeptic. You know, I feel like I'm pretty open minded. Um, but you know, some of these 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 rounds, I, I just don't understand what the logic is, if there is any other than we've got to put money. To work here because we raised all this money and if we if we want to if we want to even start talking about raising the next fund we've got to show progress on this one like that's the only way you can explain some of these valuations and these round sizes um the,
0: my I, yeah go i ahead. just want to say like deploy that capital so once these these companies raise the 100 150 200 million rounds um uh, they actually start investing into other studios right. that are making blockchain yeah. games are kind of turning them into a block yeah, so yeah. it's like a it's uh it's it's like they become a vc of a vc it's just uh it's it's nutty
3: and that increases the uh the valuation overall right exactly it's, it's just this this upward pressure right and then they start investing in the funds like so if someone spins off and they want to do their own fund well they invest they were the the person that did the deal at the last vc they were at in this company so hey why don't you kick in a couple million for my new fund like it's just this weird uh swirling <laughs> hurricane of money uh, that pushes the prices up. And then, you know, at some, that's, and at some point, you know, there was, there's some bad news or, or there's a scam, right? I think you, I think you'll see the first really big, uh, large scale scam or scandal, you know, or, you know, there's been a couple of uh, actually scams with, in the cryptocurrency space, but I think you'll see the first uh, one of those happen in web three, um, potentially in like a game in 2022. And then that's going to suck a lot of the air out of the uh, the balloon but uh so my skeptical move of 2021 was just well basically in a bucket any big codes move into web3 or nfts i feel like it's just been ham-fisted but especially zingas i think zingas was just a weird pr I, I i feel like it was someone had the idea and it, like they lost control of it and it just sort of like <laughs> gained momentum in the company and they're like no no no, no we sh- we really shouldn't do this i was just spitballing and then the next thing you know, they've 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 hired someone, and they and and it's hit the the news wire. Like I feel like that was not meant to be like a real thing that they were trying to do, um, and it just turned into this unstoppable force that no one could uh, no one wanted to like s- throw themselves in front of.
1: Well, who was I... in the
3: photo with the czar?
1: What Bernard? Bernard? NFT czar. This is totally architected by Bernard for sure, dude. It, <laughs> it is Bernard all over it, right? But anyway, the. What's interesting is that I think you said this before, but I want to reiterate this: is I, the stock didn't move. Like you would expect it to actually have some, you know, push, right? Like that the investors would get excited about them being in NFTs, but they completely ignored it. The stock was actually down after the announcement. Um, I think you're. It's not credible.
3: It. It's not credible. It's not credible. Come on, like Zing is not a cutting edge tech company, right? You know what I mean? Like they've got momentum and they've got these forever franchises and they're they're valuable, but it's not a cutting. Ed- they're not going to be the bleeding edge of tech. They're just not. And that's not an insult. Like, you know, that's, that's, that's not a pejorative. That's, that's just a a statement of fact. Right. And their playbook has been really strong, but like, this is not part of that. Like, like, like being at the very forefront of this, of a new tech technological sort of paradigm is not part of the the core Zynga playbook that they've been executing really well. And so like, it's just, well, then it doesn't make any sense. I don't believe it. It's not credible. All right. On that note, on that um, note, the positivity for, for
0: 2021.
1: Are we going to do, do predictions next week?
0: No, no prediction is going to come in uh, in the uh, in the beginning of the year. So let's rest a little okay. bit on this, and um, this is the last episode of the year. So thank you for everybody for listening. Thank you for sending all the feedback, uh, and just thank you for for to our amazing sponsors for all the support. We'll come in stronger next year. Guys, any, any last words for the year? Nope. You're, you're see you, see, really you yeah. see you all in 22.
1: Yeah.
3: See you all in twenty two. All right. right. Bye bye, everybody. Good. Yeah. Happy holidays.